Welcome back to the Unison Church podcast, where we are dead set on our allegiance to Christ and coming together to worship Him with one another. And I have a very special episode uh, today, first uh, in-person guest here with my dear friend, Gina. And uh, Gina is someone who's been influential in my life, and I'm looking forward to our conversation together. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this this one. Uh, it comes with a slight uh, warning label, and that's that what we're going to discuss could potentially be emotional. So if you're prone to tears, you might want to grab a box of tissues. I think he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. It's a needed topic. But before we get into it, I want to just um, give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, to tell a little bit about you and how you got involved with church, and then more specifically, how you got involved with my church, Pond Hill Baptist Church. Okay. I am Gina Doheny, and I am married to my wonderful husband for 37 years. Um, I started going to church. Actually, I was a bus kid. I was picked up by the bus and brought to church, and then Eventually, my brothers and I used to hide from the bus because we didn't want to go. <laughs> um, but I was uh, in church as a child, came to know Christ as a child, and then, as many people do, um, life took me away from the church for a long time. So it was a week after my wedding, and... I met the pastor of the church at the time, and I just broke down crying when I met him because I realized, because I knew about church, I knew about being saved and, you know, having a relationship with Christ, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks that my husband didn't, mm. and I just started crying, and then I went to church that next week. This was the week after my honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it because it was time change Sunday. So I missed the service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that was, yikes, I've been married 37 years. So that's how long ago it was. And then Hamden Baptist Church became Pond Hill Baptist Church. And I've just been serving in this church ever since then. Yeah. One of the things that I think about when I think about you is whenever we have prayer here at the church, one thing that you always pray is just praise that your husband is somebody that loves God now and is with you serving in the church. And that's yes. that's always something that's been impactful for for me um, growing up is just like that piece of your relationship is so cool. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. And he never wanted to work with kids so that's even more amazing to me that god really changed his heart yeah yeah he now works. he's like the biggest kid yeah down there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so currently you work with us at pond hill as sort of like the third staff member mm-hmm. so for those of you guys that don't know we're a smaller church we've got like under 100 people right now and we have two full-time pastors me uh, being one of them and uh, we also have a part-time secretary right is that technically i just say treasure treasure sure basically financial yes but in addition to just being on staff uh, gina's also a deacon here at pond hill um and a lot of that is due to the fact that you've been in this church for such a long time faithfully serving um 
and uh, being a deacon is a way that you get to step into that role mm-hmm. more uh, as well at the church. So that is awesome. So today we're talking about a topic, like I said, it could be a little touchy, but I think it's something that you and I both share um, because of our different backgrounds, and we'll get into that for that reason. But we just passed uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day here at the church, and I was joking on Sunday that Mother's Day always gets its own Sunday. (laughs) It's kind of unfair. It's like we always plan our preaching calendar to end whatever series we start the year with on Mother's Day so that we can preach a standalone thing on Mother's Day. Uh, because the reason for that is statistically, Mother's Day is one of the best attended services in mm. in the U.S. And uh, so so we have that. Uh, and then Father's Day is always like right in the middle of a series. So I got to kind of shoehorn whatever I'm talking about on Father's Day <laughs> <laughs> to fit in what we're doing. But... but um, we had our mother, the thing, the reason what really got me started on this was we had a conversation together on mother, the Thursday after Mother's Day, we were in our meeting and you made a comment that said that there are a few days of the year where you feel more left out than on mm-hmm. Mother's Day Sunday. And um, I sort of echoed that to you as well to the, but on Father's Day for me, obviously. Right. Um, but talk to me about that a little bit. Like why, why is that for you on Mother's Day? So I always wanted to be a mom and, uh, you know, you have your plans, like you get married, you get your house, you have babies, you know. Um, but unfortunately, Gordy and I were never able to have children. And for a long time, it was really hurtful Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, wait and wait and wait and uh, pray and pray and pray. And it just became a a time where you realize you just, it just wasn't going to happen. And so I still, even though I totally accepted that, I still feel the sadness of that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, or the hurt of not having kids. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Actually, I had another conversation. I haven't even shared this with you um, yet, but I had another conversation with somebody yesterday, and they came up to me and they were talking about my sermon, which I'll say a little bit about what that was later. But um, essentially, it started off with this illustration about the bond between daddies and daughters. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we were talking about that because it was Father's Day this last Sunday. And this person said to me, you know, not everybody can relate to that bond because for some people their fathers weren't good Mm -hmm. you know and she said the same thing and i thought about this conversation that we had scheduled to have and i was like yeah i mean that's really timely you know not everybody has the story because because we go we go into mother's day and usually the the atmosphere is let's talk about some mom and let's celebrate our moms that we had in the church and talk about how important it is to have like a mother's touch Mm -hmm. and a mother's love and how that's echoed in scripture and the same is true on father's day mm-hmm. where it's like let's talk about dads let's celebrate dads talk about dads in the bible usually sing a song that has to do with dads or something yeah. you know like all that stuff and uh i've always thought to myself well there's some people that they don't have a good relationship with their mom or dad mm-hmm. that's where my thought has always been um 
and then I ended up having a similar story to you where I made plans to to get married and start a family mm-hmm. and ended up having my um, ex leave the relationship. Um, and now I just des- I described it to one of my best friends. Uh, he said we, we, he just had his first kid um, they're less than one year old now um, or maybe just turned one. I don't remember when her birthday is, but mm-hmm. just had his first kid with his wife. I was good friends with both him and his wife in college. And he was just talking about the joys of being a dad to me last time I saw him. And I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. And I'm like the, you know, it's weirdly, it's simultaneously like the, the biggest relief, but also the biggest letdown yeah. that I'm not a dad right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't imagine being a dad and having this like broken relationship with my ex, but all and that, that's just such a terrible situation that I've seen play out. Um, but also I definitely expected to have kids by right. this point. Right. So, so come Father's Day, it's it can be difficult, you know, um, for me as well. And I think you, you feel that as well. But I wanted to uh, just ask, you know, in our current expression of the church and our celebration of Mother's Day and Father's Day, do you think there's stuff that, and this could be a culture at large too, but I want to talk specifically about the church too. Do you think there's something about the way that we do church that, could improve to include more people like us that don't have the normative experience? I think our church does a good job at including everyone because I think we're so aware of it, Yeah, you know, especially because you and I are part of the planning of those things. Right. Um, I think churches in general, um, I've gone to ladies' seminars mm-hmm. where Sometimes I just wanted to get up and leave because it was right out uncomfortable for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, talking about being a mom and raising your children and the best way to do that and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I always tried to learn something out of those things, but um it was really hard to be in those situations. So I think churches in general have to be more, yes, you want to maybe have a class for women raising children, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like a breakout session. Yeah, or something, something yeah. to that you need to include everyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, what if it's a mom that lost a child, mm-hmm. you know? And she's going through that. She's She was supposed to be a mom, and now right. she's not, you know? Um, so it's really hard to be in those circumstances when you wanted something so badly. Yeah. Um, but I think the church just needs to be more aware of... Not everybody's a mom. Not everybody could be a mom. You know, not everybody wants to be a mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. And I think our church would have space in our theology to say that not every couple is necessarily called to be a parent. Right. Uh, some churches would disagree. They would just straight up say, you know, because marriage is ordered towards procreation, which I think we would agree that the like concept of marriage in the Bible 
heads towards that direction, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that specifically every single right. husband and wife has to be a parent. Um, but I think most, you know, some other churches would say if you're physically able, then you, you know, every marriage should produce children. I don't think we would say that at Pond Hill right. even. So I guess we kind of have that theological advantage as well, where we're not pushing it so hard. But I definitely felt like, you know, our church is an evangelical church, and there's this ideal that, you know, by a certain age, you're expected to be married, and by a certain age, you're expected to start popping out kids. Mm. I don't know if you felt this as well. Yeah, yeah. 30 was hard for me. Yeah. Okay. Like, that was where I felt that. Like, I should have kids. I should have a house. I should have all these things done, you know? Right, right. And did you feel like you were hearing that from the the speakers that you were listening to or like the general or like the people in the church i think maybe? it was yeah by that age like oh you're not a mom oh, okay you know that type of right right yeah so i think or when are you having kids <laughs> yeah you know yeah i had somebody walked up to me on sunday actually uh on uh, father's day and they said you know we we have the habit of on mother's day and father's day honoring women and men in general right and maybe we'll get to that theologically in a second but um afterwards i spoke with somebody and they said happy father's Day to me which is fine which is whatever because we were kind of everybody was doing that right we were saying happy father's Day, just all the men especially coming off of the sermon but but uh, they said you know uh it hasn't it it's going to happen for you soon or like they said something like that right where i was like you know, it kind of hit me as a certain way. I'm used to it because I, I get that, like, not everybody. For some people, that ideal of, like, by a certain age, you're married with kids, that is, like, everything to them. And they expect, and they're trying to be nice yeah. to push you up. But for my situation, it's, like, that's very much not in the cards for me, yeah. at least not right now, you know. And it's a reminder yes. of, for me, it's the same thing. It's a reminder that I don't have that yeah you know which makes it hard yeah but something that you said um how you were saying it's a blessing that you didn't but yet it's a letdown that you don't you know right i was thinking the same thing like for couples that have children and then something happens yeah because i'm thinking in my own life the kids are the ones that pay a huge price for that they do you know Yes. Oh, yeah. You know that firsthand as a kid. Yeah. I, that was, that changed my life forever. Yeah. You know, so it is a blessing that you didn't have children. Yeah. 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 You know, it is. It is. And I even think about what my life is like now. You know, I've, I'm in this moment of my life where I'm going after the different careers I'm trying to pursue Mm -hmm. and I'm working like tons of hours a week and stuff. And, you know, to me, um, you know, in, in first Corinthians where Paul says, you know, in whatever state you find yourself in, and he's mm-hmm. specifically talking about being married or not married in that passage of scripture. So whatever relationship status you find yourself in therein, abide with God is how the, the King James English works mm-hmm. in that passage. And, uh, for me, that means like, okay, I have presented with this place in my life, COVID had like just followed my ex leaving and had all these hours essentially. Mm -hmm. And it was like, what can I do with this 
stage in my life. And for me, it was go, you know, hard after all these careers and do these startups that I'm working with. Um, I never could have done that if I had kids. Right. No, not even close to that. I could barely work one job if I had kids, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know. It's true. It's There's definitely a different life. And I feel like through all the years of, you know, going to baby showers and feeling hurt, you know, happy for the person, but feeling hurt, you know, yeah, that I didn't have kids and everything. God eventually changed my heart. So I didn't feel that hurt, that deep hurt anymore, mm-hmm. you know, which... I'm grateful for that. I won't want to be in pain all the time, you know? Right. Um, But I will say that, and obviously you and your sisters, I always felt special on Mother's Day. And so this is where my tears come in because I never had children of my own, but you guys always made me feel like a mom Mm. in some way you know, or special like a mom like that. So, yeah. And, and def, and I think especially for me in, in my life, as I look back, you guys really were like a second set of parents for us. And, and in, in, in uniquely for me, because when I was in high school, I was working at Gordy's shop. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Gina's husband, Gordy. And, uh, I, yeah, I felt, you guys created an environment that was made for my development, mm-hmm. you know, where I, where you were like paying me to essentially sit there and like answer phones and schedule stuff, which was probably like two hours worth of work mm-hmm. and clean, maybe two and a half hours worth of work, whatever. <laughs> but you would pay me for like an eight hour day because I would be there, right? You know, um, and all like the conversations and and things that came from from that, I got to spend like extra time with you guys, which was cool, mm-hmm. and I definitely always felt like really were like a second set of parents for us and i think legally technically you guys are our godparents too yeah we are right <laughs> i don't know at this age though anymore right, but right. We're at all one over 18, point we... <laughs> yeah right right which is cool and it's something that actually our tradition as evangelicals we don't celebrate that really mm. but in other christian traditions they make a really big deal out of that mm-hmm. if you're somebody's godparents and uh sometimes i wish that just for you guys, that would have been something that was like a bigger deal in our church, celebrated. Because mm-hmm. I, I do think that's something that our tradition should do, is honor people more. I think maybe that's why I love the kids' ministry so much, you know, because I think about having an influence on the kids. Yeah. You know, because I don't have my own, so right. I have whatever amount is in my Sunday school <laughs> class. So. Right, right. So uh, one of the reasons why we're having this conversation when we are is because on on Sunday, I preached for Father's Day, and I kind of, I was trying to create like a theological alternative that might help people that are in our position, because I think that it's something that the Bible talks about that we don't often, and I sort of tacked it onto the Mother's Day as mm-hmm. well, um, and mentioned it there. And have been thinking about it since then and sort of expanded upon it on Sunday. But I'll give sort of like a brief summary and then we can kind of talk about it, just like the theological ramifications for it. But we talked about, um, it's in all three of the Synoptic Gospels, but we talked through Luke 8 particularly, where 
there's this dad, Jairus, that comes up and his daughter's sick and he invites Jesus to go and heal his daughter. But on the way, there's this interruption that takes place. And essentially this woman who's got an issue of blood touches Jesus' robe. And inside she's like, if I could just touch Jesus, I could be healed. She's got this like huge faith. But for me, the earth shattering part of that story is Jesus specifically stops what he's doing, mm -hmm. turns around, talks to this woman who would have been you know, perpetually unclean, overlooked by the people around her. She really would not have had any social standing whatsoever. And Jesus looks at this woman and his title for her is daughter. Mm. And it's the same use of daughter that Jairus used to talk about his little sick girl at home. And there's this equalizer that Jesus has where, you know, he can, I'm sure, sympathize with and understand why Jairus would call his daughter daughter. But um, when he sees this woman, um, he thinks of her the same way. Um, and that really wouldn't have been something that was normal. And I thought that was cool. But what I, what I did was I linked it with this passage in Luke um, that I wanted to read. And uh, let me just turn to it here. But there's a story in Mark chapter 3 is the one that I chose to read. Um, verse 31 says, His, that's Jesus, mother and brothers came they were standing outside and they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, look, your mother, brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied to them, who are my mother and my brethren? And then he looks at those sitting in a circle around him. He said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my mother and sister and mother. Mm. Um, and I just think that that's so like impactful because in the church... You know, we're called the family of God, and there is this ever-present reality that not only is the church like a family, but the church literally is a family mm -hmm. that we're grafted into the body of Christ, and therefore we're his brothers and sisters. And what that means by implication is that we're each other's brothers and sisters mm -hmm. and mothers and fathers. And it's this beautiful image that the church is supposed to be a place where we foster those kinds of relationships with each other and we can find family in the church. And so I, f I feel like Jesus has always valued people that are not the status quo. And to me, it's ironic that the status quo that we have that you know, by 25, you're married and mm. starting a family and stuff. Uh, that has mostly been perpetuated by the church culture. Right. Right? Like, that's like a moral majority thing that's in our culture that maybe is starting to go away now, but it's very much still present in our church. Like, it's starting to go away in the greater culture, but it's very much still present inside the walls of our churches. Mm -hmm. And so I just find it ironic that Jesus has come to almost offer this counter example to that in that we find our fulfillment not in the, the nuclear family alone but in the, the church family uh, yet the church family has almost overvalued the mm -hmm. nuclear family yeah um, not to undervalue the nuclear family either but at the same time you know even even paul in ephesians right he's talking about Husbands love your wives, wives submit to your husbands. And then later on, he talks about fathers mm -hmm. and, and he talks about mothers and he's talking about all these family things. And then like later on, 
he's just like, yeah, I'm actually not talking about the family. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the church, right? Right. And for for Paul, especially as a single guy, he had really understood this reality that the church is supposed to be the family. So we're supposed to submit to each other under right. mutual submission, right? Which is where that passage starts anyway. So I don't know. For me, that is a comfort. I don't know how that sits with you. I think I've. that's how I got my fulfillment was because of my church family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the hurt and the pain, I think what I'm trying to say is God changed my heart through my church family. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like a mom at church, you know, yeah. and I still do. And I, I had those relationships uh, with kids and their families, their, their parents. And, you know, they even will say that, oh, you're like their church mom or, you know. So I think my relationships in, in the church are really what God used to, to help me through not having my own kids. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, comfort for sure. Yeah. I mean, to me, that sounds like an example of the church doing its job. Right. <laughs> not to, right. Right. Not to be like high uh, on like my own church and say that we we're doing it right because because we're definitely not doing it right right all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, but I do feel like that's supposed to be the story. And yeah. I wish it was more often that story in other places as well and for other people. Um. Yeah, I guess in your. If you could try to like pinpoint like what specifically, what kind of like actionable things could we do to make people feel more welcome? You mentioned like at conferences, like maybe keeping the mom talk to mm. only moms instead of giving the mom talk to like the greater right. thing. But like in like on a, you know, more day by day basis, like what what kind of language can we avoid? What kind of things can we say? Um, I think Like I said, like, people make me feel like I'm a mom figure Mm -hmm. to their kids or, you know, in the church. So just letting people know that their their role in the lives of the people that they're with is important. You know, I think that helps Mm. Um, because you feel like, well, I'm not a mom, so... You know, right? But when you feel like, well, I kind of am a mom. You know, <laughs> that's sure. how I look. I'm kind of like a mom, yeah, to a lot of kids. You know, right? But I get to send them home after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you get arguably the better parts. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, I think just, I think really just valuing what any woman can contribute to a child's life to the church um and not make it about mom yeah you know right just a woman a godly woman definitely i think that's huge yeah 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 i i do i feel like we should talk better about the individual contributions that different types of people can make Mm -hmm. and not leave out stuff. Like, I feel like we do a good job of talking about 
certain people's contributions. Right. You know, like on Mother's Day, talking about moms and their contributions. That's easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't necessarily talk, spend as much time talking about someone else's. Like, what is a single person's contribution to the church? Right. And how can we, like, find somebody's celebration and celebrate their service right. in the church? Right. That's unique to them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and even, like, go, you know, you can kind of follow that rabbit hole down, too, of, like, like when we talk about like women and their contribution to the church, how can we do that in a way that's not so stereotyped that it leaves certain people out? Like motherhood is one of those, but there's other there's other ways that you can talk about like women's sensitivity mm-hmm. and how they can like sensitively lead. Right. That's super valuable for women that are sensitive. Right. But not every woman is sensitive. <laughs> so how can we make sure that we're not still like leaving people leaving out. people out right yeah and that doesn't mean that you have to be talk about everybody at the same time right but it means throughout the year how are, how are we honoring those people you know well how do you feel as uh, a man not having children with the church like how do you think the yeah. church can like what can the church do yeah uh well i think one of the biggest things is to not make remarks about it i think that's like that's like a big thing for me i have really really thick skin but it's still like i don't know like your expectation about someone else's reality is like not something that you have to make words about right you know so i think that's that's one thing is we have to be careful not to speak about that i also feel like we idolize certain family institutions Mm -hmm. I think about this more with marriage than I do with being a parent, but I can see it. I could see it get to a point with, with parents as well, um, where it's like we talk about it so much that it almost becomes something that if you don't have that, it feels like you're missing out. Um, and I just don't like there's so much in the Bible to talk about mm-hmm. and there's so little that's about that thing. Even with you know? preaching, like yeah. sometimes like – if let's just say you said, well, we're going to do a series on the family. Mm-hmm. Automatically, my mind goes, oh, okay, we're going to talk Checking about out. parenting and yep. that, that's not me. Right. You know, so automatically my mind does that and I have to be like, no, you know, there's stuff for you to learn too, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, you yeah. kind of. I do think even saying that there is, you know, when we're talking about being a mom, every person in the church has the opportunity to be that to someone else. Right. And accentuating that concept that, you know, like Paul says, we're not sure if Paul had literal kids or not. It's likely that he didn't. But there's um, there's a beautiful passage in Corinthians where where Paul says, you know, you guys are like my spiritual children. Mm-hmm. So I spent all this time with you and discipling you and and doing things like that and uh i you know you there's a lot of men around but there's not that many fathers and Mm -hmm. that's what i am for you Mm -hmm. and i like i like that passage a lot because um you know i did have a really good relationship with my dad um and so i have a really good father but there are also other people that Mm -hmm. are like fathers to me because Mm -hmm. of their work spiritually in my life and i think that's something that should be talked about you know, so when we talk about fathers, how can um, just any man in the church apply these things? Right. You know, 
we always try when we do like a lot of times in February, we'll do like a relationship series. And we do always try to talk about singleness and uh, inside of that series, which I always appreciate, but I do find myself often like in conversations um, with my father, who's the other pastor here at Pond Hill, we'll be talking through our sermon and I'll just say like, Hey, that's not going to sit right for Mm -hmm. somebody that's single, you know, like that's not going to sit right for somebody that's divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I can listen to it and be like, yeah, that's just, you just need to make sure that you say that sensitively. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's a lot of value in that. I think we do a, a, a bad job of preparing for our sermons alone. Uh, just as pastors out there when we should be like getting people's input on the stuff beforehand. I think even like you just said, I, even if you want to talk like about moms, acknowledge those that aren't moms somehow. Yeah. You know, I think that helps. Right. Because if I was acknowledged in those other churches, like, in some way, not, I don't mean like specially, yeah. but just acknowledge the fact that not everyone is a mom. Yeah, It definitely. wouldn't have hurt so much, yeah. you know? I get that. Like still be included in that service yeah. in some way. Yeah, Definitely. My, I would say my biggest suggestion to churches out there, and this is something that I, I feel as a pastor, but I think it needs to go beyond staff. Not that every staff member is doing this as well, but um, the discipleship process where you're actually like in somebody's life enough to be a father or a mother to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that with like every single person in the church, but like you guys, you talked about how you really did that in in my life. And that's for sure. Like I could easily call you a mom. I can't call every woman in the church that knew me from when I was a kid a mom mm-hmm. because they weren't all as involved in my life and that's okay. But, you know, as I think about it, it's like, who are some people that I'm influencing that they might be able to say like, okay, you're kind of like a father Mm -hmm. figure, you know, to me. And there's a couple Mm -hmm. um, that I can think of, not a lot of them, but, or even a brother, because the age plays Mm -hmm. a little bit of a role too, right? But like people that like grew up in my youth group that, like I had somebody say to me once I'm, um, they were talking about somebody else mm. and they said, you know, the two people that were the most influential in my like spiritual development were like that person and you. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling that and, and at the time I think I was still married. So I didn't quite have like, it would, if, if they said that to me now, it would have hit me more, yes. you know, but, but at the time, even I was like, wow, that's, um, that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the church doing what it's supposed to do. Right. Um, and I think we just don't, most churchgoers aren't looking for those opportunities because it's really messy and inconvenient to be involved in someone else's life to that degree. Right. Um, especially if you're not on staff at the church, you mm-hmm. know, but I think that's something we need to do better because there's like affirmation that needs to happen towards those people, but there's also the people that aren't in that role have to step in to someone right. else's life and right. be that for the for the church so i think there's like give and take there mm-hmm. for sure yeah definitely well i mean i hope there's like someone out there listening to this that maybe is in a similar situation to you mm-hmm. and i that this can benefit or a staff member at a church that can have a fresh perspective on how to make those people in his church feel more welcome 
Mm-hmm. So especially like these are very common scenarios. Like we're not crazy special because right. because you're married without kids and I'm divorced. Like that's those are very common scenarios for mm-hmm. people in our church. So I, I hope that maybe this can be helpful for those kinds of people. Yeah, and I hope maybe women listening that don't have kids that they can find that connection in their church. Yeah. You know, with just the church itself through, you know, doing something in the church that fulfills their desire of having kids. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah and if, if that's you, like some, some, I think some women are more or less drawn towards children. I myself, I love kids. Mm-hmm. So um, looking for an opportunity to spend, spend time with the kids is yeah. like something that I that I try to try to do like at our last table which is like our big potluck after church um I was grilling the hot dogs and as soon as mm-hmm. I was done grilling like I went and I hung out with the kids right so um so that's a great opportunity or the teens or whatever you know um that was the hardest thing for me was realizing that my husband would never be a dad yeah and he I know he would be such a good dad so I think that was even harder than me not being a mom mm. is knowing that I always felt like because of me, my husband wasn't going to be a dad, mm. you know? So that was something else that I had to yeah, overcome. But he never, I mean, our relationship wasn't based on that. So right. that's important too. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And then he ultimately now like serves with you. With the kids. And kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think we actually ever said it, but Gina is the um, kids director, um, which means she's like basically in charge of, of kids. Like I technically am the student and family pastor. So um, technically I'm in charge, but like not really. Like because I'm usually either preaching or doing music or both on He's Sunday morning. He's in charge of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm like who she reports to, but usually if she wants something done, it just, that, then it happens. Yeah. So, <laughs> she's got all the power there. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's a great example of just a way that you went and you sought out an opportunity to, mm-hmm. to use your gifts for being a mom in, in the church. And I feel like that's exactly what the body of Christ is all about. It's either that or let it destroy you. Yeah. And I didn't want it to destroy us, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, seriously, I don't want to, I can't overstress enough the the role that you guys have played in my life. And I feel like you're an authority on this topic because mm-hmm. you've done such a good job modeling it in our church. And I Thank hope, you. I hope that other people in the church can can see that. And it sounds like you've been told by other people, like parents mm-hmm. of our current kids, that mm-hmm. that uh, you're you're fulfilling a really special role in the church, and your your ministry to the family of God here is is definitely something that's valuable, and I hope I'm something grateful. that people emulate. I am grateful for that. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Of I know this course. was a tough topic to talk about. Yeah, it's. I did better than I thought. I didn't cry that much. <laughs> no, you did good. You did really good, and. Uh, not that it would be a bad thing if you cried right. that much, <laughs> but, but all right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. If you liked it, be sure to share it with a friend and, and, uh, let me know that this is something that you mm-hmm. like to talk about so that we can have more guests on to, to talk about that and, and, uh, keep, keep rocking in that direction. Mm-hmm.
You've been listening to the Unison Church Podcast. If you're a Christ follower, I hope this has encouraged you to grow closer, not only to Him, but also to His family. May we unite in our allegiance to Him and raise our voices together to worship Yahweh. If you're not a Christ follower, I hope that this has represented Christ well to you. May this spark your curiosity towards Jesus and His people. In any case, I hope you'll connect with us again here on the podcast and share it with a friend. You can find links in the show notes if you'd like to reach out to us through other ways as well. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to being with you again soon.